0: Welcome to the Design Systems Podcast. We're all about the places where design and development overlap. We talk with the industry experts about trends in design, development, and take a look at new ways to build digital experiences, typically over a beer or two. Before we get started, I wanted to take a second to introduce myself. I'm your host, Chris Strahl. I have a little bit of street cred in the digital space. Uh, I've been working with the web since I was in middle school. I have one of those old Mac LC3s way back in 1995 that I used to make my first website Uh, I think it was in Netscape Navigator 4. I was a coder first and then I turned to business. I've managed a lot of designers and development teams over the years. Most of my time has been spent in agencies or startups, either building products for the web or literally building the web itself for really large enterprises. Folks like the Obama White House, Time Inc., the US Department of Defense, etc., etc., etc. I started my current company with my two co-founders based on the idea that we're building the web the wrong way. Even with web being about 25 years old, a lot of people still think that web design is building a bunch of pictures of websites that ultimately developers end up turning into websites. There's this idea that design and development are actually separate disciplines that have this big wall in between them. One creates things and the other builds things. But I really think that design and development are two sides of the same coin. Everyone is developing. We're just doing it in two different languages. Design systems are a big part of this this change and this trend and that we're trying really hard to use design systems as a way of bridging the gap between design and development. So we can do cooler stuff faster and we can start thinking about components and, and the ways that we deconstruct our notion of pages into reusable pieces instead of just posters that we try to make work on the web. So a little bit about this podcast. This is our first round, so please bear with us as we kind of get our our footing here. Um, This is a product of Basalt, a company I helped co-found, but the focus isn't about the business side of things. It's about having some great conversations, usually over a beer or two, with some interesting people that have points to make about design systems and how they use them. We want to hear about things like designing for equity, building into accessibility, automation, design ops. QA testing and even some stuff about software architecture today we're talking with Evan Lovely Evan's the co-maintainer of the design system tool called Pattern Lab he's going to be talking to us about the origins of design systems what they are why they matter and what kind of tools enable them Evan hey man welcome to the first pod tell our listeners a little about yourself Thanks for having me on, you
1: know, just besides kind of living, sleeping, breathing and dreaming about design systems, uh, you know, try to be able to hike as much as I can, hang out with my son and wife and uh, kind of just enjoy the great Pacific Northwest.
0: With that, man, let me dive right in. Let's talk about what a design system is. How do we view them? What's your take on them? Tell me a little bit about what this all means. Wow, that's a big
1: concept there. So design systems are really, it's kind of an umbrella term that has a lot of uh, concepts together underneath it. And, you know, it really boils down to repeatable solutions for commonly reoccurring problems. You know, everything from, hey, what are some common colors and typographies to what's our voice and tone to what are some reusable components for uh, common UI components that we come across in, in the web when, as we design for it.
0: So what, what form does this take? Is it, is it code? Is it design files? Is it a, a whole product? Like, what does this look like?
1: Like I said, there's a, it's a collection of a lot of different kind of tools and decisions, and so I would say that most of the time it's going to be code. You know, we are talking about websites and apps, and these
0: are created with code. So, you know, these this is the medium that it's destined for. So, talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by the medium it's destined for. Are you talking about what users actually consume? Or are you talking about what designers build, what does that actually mean? Well,
1: when I talk about the medium it's destined for, when we talk about film, it's a video. When we talk about things like podcast, it's audio. And when we talk about the web, we have a medium that is resizable. It has animation. You can interact with it and when you think about posters you don't have some of those pieces and, and there's advantages and disadvantages to each medium you're not able to you know click on a part of a poster to see some more details but you know you can't resize it and change it around and so it's kind of about embracing that medium because it is a fluid medium that changes size the content can can vary and like i mentioned it is interactive
0: so you and i have had tons of conversations about why we think this is the future of the way we build websites. Can you talk to me a little bit about your point of view on why design systems are so important to the way that we build the web?
1: Yeah. Well, when you are creating for the web, what you're doing is making a lot of these different design decisions and they are applied in a lot of different places and Good design inherently has consistency as a hallmark there. And a lot of time, it's kind of just something that is done in inferred, you know, under the hood, kind of behind the scenes subconsciously. And with design systems, it's about kind of formalizing that and making sure that it is a known decision that you want to be able to do and scale across all of uh, your different innovations and, and design.
0: So when we talk about websites and digital development, be that native apps or or whatever with with new customers, you oftentimes equate this to building a house. And so you think about the foundations of it, you think about the framing and the structure, you think about the blueprints, all these other sorts of things. And so a lot of this does come from this historical precedent of the idea of of architecture. And so you know, is is that what's really the, the genesis of this concept of design systems? Talk a little bit about the history. So
1: there was a book written in the early 1900s about, you know, designing uh, towns and houses long before the internet ever came around. I believe it was called a pattern language. And a, what a pattern is, is it is a solution for a commonly reoccurring problem. So you know for example when we talk about houses um there is this common problem about how you know humans get from one floor to another uh, which sounds kind of silly but you know hear me out and the common solution is stairs and there are a couple you know different kinds of stairs and so um one really common pattern for how stairs are put together is um you know you have a set of stairs that go up and then you do a 180 degree turn and then you come back up an equal distance um and then you're up on that second floor and there are a lot of different styles of houses out there but think about how many times you've seen that pattern Another pattern, of course, is, you know, the the circular one that kind of keeps going up. But the point is, is that these are common solutions to commonly reoccurring problems. And that's basically what a pattern is. And that is what um, these patterns are on the web as well, is that the people that come to these sites have a problem. They have a goal and they it helps to have a common repeatable solution for them
0: so you can almost see a, a sterile being analogous to something like a, a menu item in a top level navigation right where you look at that and you say like i want to go to a particular place now here's the common design pattern that gets me there and that commonality design pattern is important because that means that people will have to learn less every time they interact with that design pattern do you feel like like design systems are a way of perpetuating those those common ideas and those common patterns in a way that makes it so that it's it's better for users and and how is it better for those users
1: yeah absolutely if you as a user are going from site a to site b to site c and uh you know you see this uh main menu at the top of each of them and they all have a big bold word with a down arrow you probably know to hover your mouse over to get to some more options there and so that really helps out because no one's going to read the instruction manual for how to use your site And so it's really important to be able to have that intuitiveness as users go through. And, you know, it's not just about these common patterns in between all sites across the Internet. But, you know, as you have these different patterns for your brand and how people should be interacting with your application, it really helps to be able to have some consistency. It it helps users feel at home and they're more likely to use it because if people don't use it, they're going to hit the back button. And head on out.
0: As always, this podcast is brought to you by Basalt, a full service digital agency. Basalt is committed to building a better web and specializes in creating design systems. Learn more at basalt.io. So I want to pause for a second for our unofficial sponsors. Cheers, Evan. Great to be drinking a migration uh, straight out of Portland, IPA. For our first podcast, got to say, pretty darn good beer. If you guys have any beer recommendations for us for future pods, uh, check the show notes. We always try to make sure we have uh, a little bit of creative juice flowing in more than one way. All right, so switching gears for a second. Thinking about the use of design systems. So so transitioning kind of from what they are to the practical application of these ideas. Like, what is the benefit to having a design system for say any company that wants to go about transitioning from a, a page based model to a component based one?
1: Well, what I kind of like to think about is this classic card pattern or card component. We see these all the time. Usually you see they have uh, a title, an image, a little body, and like a little button call to action. If you think about the way that what different kind of content can be in there. And and a good way to have this, th- these components uh, and these patterns is to have the content to be kind of separate from them. And so You know, you have a card that can be used as a blog teaser, or this card could be used as an event promo, or this card could be used as a staff member. And so all of them have an image, whether that is the staff member's profile picture, event promo's, you know, kind of venue pick, or the blog teaser's kind of featured image. And so having that layer of abstraction so you can use the card for all three of them prevents repeat, you know, you know, reinventing the wheel, uh, repeating yourself. And so that lets you have good consistency across your brand. Users intuitively know how content is teased and that they should look at it. And then also developers can be able to save time making all of those and also fixing the little bugs that come across.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point because lots of people think about the way that they build sites as having a blog teaser independent from an article teaser, independent from a staff bio. And what you're really talking about, is how all these things are logically the same thing. We've just have traditionally thought about them differently.
1: So you want to be able to have the logic separate and you have kind of the business logic of we want our most recent blog post shown and then sorting on older And then the events are going to be kind of their dates are going to be flipped around. And then the staff members would want to have, you know, maybe alphabetical or by department, whereas the presentational logic of, you know, if there is uh, an image, show it, or if it's dark, make it, make it a dark background or something like that. And my point is, is that you want to separate out the presentation logic from the business logic. And if you do that, then all of these business logic pieces can share a single, presentation logic
0: in this case your teaser is completely ignorant of the content that's going into that exactly but it's also able to have some business logic happening somewhere else away from the design system that is saying how do i order this how do i display this differently in some interesting way
1: yeah absolutely and you don't want to get those two mucked up because then uh, it's just no good
0: so it sounds like there's a lot going on when you talk about this idea of all these different groups all trying to decide how they interact with the design system talk to me a little bit how you manage that
1: yeah absolutely it can be a, a little confusing when you're thinking about it in the traditional let me take a look at these different pages in my cms or my my app and really what you need is to be able to have a common place that's that's separate from these, you know, these websites and these CMSs where you can be able to take a look at them. And the big things that you need would be, you know, documentation and specifically self-updating documentation. It's very important, but also a pattern library. And so what we mean by a pattern library is, you know, where can I look at this card by itself, separate from it being a blog teaser or snap promo or an event promo and then also how can i look at it in all of its different variations both with you know short titles very very long titles sometimes there's no image yeah exactly like being able to take a look at all these scenarios that will end up kind of you know breaking and making sure that you can account for them and so what we're talking about is basically just a place that's in the medium it's destined for web and then also just excels at dummy data. You know, let's just go ahead and like get some silly images and some like long lorem ipsum uh,
0: text in there as titles. So how do you even, as a design and development interaction, how do you even know what you guys are talking about when when you're you're talking about what a, a card or a teaser or a, a button or a call to action? And by the way, before you answer this question, I want to know definitively button or call to action.
1: Uh, okay, so, um, well, it's the answer is both. And really, it's about what you as a team all agrees upon. Because that's the most important thing. So it's,
0: about, it's about sharing an understanding of absolutely.
1: that Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you could call it a fizz buzz if you want to. But as long as everybody's consistent, then you're good to go. Um, and so, I wouldn't recommend that. I think that, you know, button makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. So, but... You know, it it is about basically making sure that the designers aren't referring to it as a media block and the and the developers are referring to it as a card you know those you basically making sure that you're using a shared language cuz at the end of the day what we're talking about is something that is subjective that is in people's heads and so they don't really have a place that they can point at it that's outside of their heads and say hey that is what i'm talking about when i say media block or card and so we have this subjective subject that needs to become objective and having a single spot where you can be able to take a look at it and having uh you know it out all outlined being like all right you can go here to see these different components and these are their different names and you can see them really really helps the communication
0: so i have this shared place for code for design for documentation what else is it good for is there anything that i could do like You know, we've talked, you and I, about things like adding analytics to this or adding another set of of higher order ideas about how you go about using this to do really interesting things. Can you talk a little bit about what those are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have a single place that you have your card and it is getting pulled in as the event promo and the vlog teaser and the, and the staff member on this one site and it's on lots of different pages. And then you also have multiple other sites that all pull in that same thing because you're some enterprise customer that is using this across a lot of brands. And then you need to be accessibility compliant because it's, you know, either the law or it's just a good thing to be able to do because people who have colorblindness or they are not able to use a mouse are not able to get to your stuff, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get tens of thousands thousands of errors across every single blog teaser, every single event promo. But instead, if you can go to a place where just your card is at and find out that you're not able to use a keyboard to navigate through your card or that there's some color contrast issues, you can fix it at the core of where it's at and then have that fix propagate to all of those things. You're going to be able to benefit a lot of different people and a lot of different users with a little bit of time.
0: So the, the Domino's pizza problem, if you will. And if you're not aware, Domino's just had a, a major legal hurdle with their accessibility compliance for their pizza ordering system. And so they've been ruled that they have to be ADA compliant for these sorts of things. So it's it's interesting to see how these things are are saying to come to the forefront of the way that we think about the web and how design systems enable way more than just your your consistency of your brand.
1: Absolutely. It's I mean access to that information is is a right that should be equal for all. Instead of only people who have the, you know, the right faculties or the right equipment or the right access or you know, or should be able to get access to. It's it's for everybody.
0: So, who are design systems good for then in terms of, of this right? Like we've talked about folks like Domino's and in other large enterprises. I mean, there's obviously a use case for them and I want to hear about some, some really good examples there, but where do you really feel like, like these things shine and show up right now?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, at scale usually. And, you know, I, I think that the concepts are fit for all because whether a designer or developer know it i mean they're probably using some of this it's just about how far they take it so you know good design is consistency and most designers know this and whether they know it or not they uh, they have kind of some consistent rules they just might not have formalized those rules yet and then good developers also know to not repeat yourself and to have a single source of truth and now how far they take it and how well they implement it is another question altogether So if you, there's, I think even on some small scale, they might not have a single site where they can go and look at all of this stuff, but being able to use those principles of like not repeating yourself, is going to go a long way. However, to get to your question, I think that, you know, once you start to have, I don't know, maybe like, three ish sites or more that's probably you know if i had to really put that's a number to it yeah i think that's where it makes sense it's it's insane to not do it after that point that's when you're really going to be um hitting a lot of the pain points of trying to like scale the old model of having your event promo and your blog teaser and your staff member all separate across not just one site but multiple
0: so, sites so do you think about this as a product then
1: yeah, absolutely it's a product that serves services. I mean it's got releases it's something that net. it's the work is never done and it is something that is another kind of utility that helps people with these individual missions of shipping sites
0: so i want to give some some folks some examples to look up to like who do you look up to in this place is like these people did a really great job on this or i mean even stuff that you've built that you've been like this was exactly right
1: i mean you know airbnb always does some mind-blowing stuff um You know, it's I I think that it's kind of beyond the realm of what most people can find useful, but you know, they do stuff where you draw on a whiteboard and then machine learning takes a look at a picture of it and then turns it into code by applying it to a design system, which is just mind boggling stuff. They also have these React components that can like compile down to sketch apps. And now who knows how much of that is more like experimental um, versus what they're using. Like I, I, I question if that stuff is on Airbnb.com, But, you know, that that's the stuff that like I'll hear about. And I'm just like, wow, that's, you know, like the. You know, 10 years in the future just called me and told me what was up.
0: So it sounds like you have a ton of time spent working with big enterprises and, and clients around this kind of stuff. What's a moment you've been super proud of in this space?
1: So w- w- one of my favorite moments uh, usually comes a little later in the project. Uh, it's at the beginning, we're setting up a lot of foundation. We're kind of getting a lot of rigor going. Uh, sometimes people are new to this and they're going, oh, well, like usually we start to see stuff, you know, quicker. And, you know, I always kind of think that the old way of doing things kind of starts fast and finishes slow where people just start getting like paint splashed against a wall. Um, but it always just kind of the 11th hour is, is hard. Um, and with this, it's the other way around where at the beginning, it starts slow and it and, and ends fast. And so we spend a lot of time laying some foundation. And so at first people are like, okay, well, when are we going to see the thing, you know? And so it takes a little while. Um, and then we end up kind of, you know, getting pages together, getting sections together. And then my, my favorite moment comes when they say, okay, well, we had this unexpected section come up it's got to take you as long as it took that other section because they have this linear preconception and they don't realize that there's a lot that we can harvest from that. There's a lot of repeatable components there. You know, we've already made the blog teaser and the event promo and they want a staff section. And so we're like, Oh, we got you a staff section, you know? And so then we basically use the things that we've already made to put together that 80% that's common. And then we can spend that last little bit of time, that 20% of effort that is needed that makes that section unique. And it comes together, you know, so much faster that they that their heads spin. They're like, you know, how long is this section going to take? Two months? And we're like, I don't know, maybe like eight working days and they're just like what do you mean and we're like right. well we already built it in this section over there and then that big smile where they're like oh my gosh like we can be able to put this stuff out so much quicker it's great because really what the web is is it's a medium for people getting their their ideas and their goals out and being able to like push that stuff out and to be able to empower people where They can get that out quicker and then seeing the smile on their face is kind of why we're doing this. And that always just makes me so happy. It's
0: the feel good moment of the pod right there. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like, obviously that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of pre-planning. It takes a lot of foresight. What kind of tools do you use to make that happen? Like, what are the things that, that enable this sort of stuff to happen?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think that, you know, the, the pattern library where you can be able to say, hey, where is this card outside of its, you know, CMS or its app? You know, wh- wh- where can I look at this not needing a database or an API for its content? I just want to be able to look at it in, in its isolation, and I want to be able to look at it through a couple different variations, um, really is transformative, and it's, it's super helpful.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Evan, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, looking forward to having you back very soon. Excited that we were able to, to take a minute and chat. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always love talking chop. That's all for today. We'd love to hear from you with questions, ideas for new episodes, beer recommendations, or comments. You can find us on Twitter at the DS Pod. Cheers, and thanks for listening to the Design Systems Podcast.